the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We start a new series of messages um, that I'm entitling The Spiritual Life, Being Spirit-Filled. And I know you've heard that title before. But we have to revisit all of those areas in our lives where we need the power of the Holy Spirit in a more profound way, okay? Uh, we, we don't exist. Since we came to faith in Jesus, our existence has nothing to do with whatever we want. It has everything to do with carrying out the will of God for our lives. And so it, it, it helps us every time we look at the Word of God and determine for ourselves what is it that makes my life powerful. And we're going to talk this morning about what it means to pray in the Spirit. Spirit-driven, Spirit-filled praying. Our text is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. The title of the message is, Come Clean, Cry Out, Cling To. Come clean, cry out, cling to. Paul writes, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit we put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear under, the ra- under, uh, under fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His suffering in order that we may also share in His glory. What separates spirit-filled praying from regular praying? What are the tangible signs? How do we know? What are the signs that we can grab Onto tangible signs that our praying is in fact not only superintendent, superintended by the Spirit, but, but driven by the Spirit. How do we know? I was at the airport not too long ago, and um, 
I was observing this, this little kid, you know, he's running around, jumping up and down, you know, jumping from the chair, from chair to chair, you know, knocking things down. And, you know, his mother kept telling him, stop it, sit down, don't move. You know, typical things parents say to their kids when they're being unruly. But, of course, kid didn't listen. Keeps running. And I said to myself, it'll only be a matter of time before this kid gets hurt. And sure enough, I went back to reading my book as I was waiting for the flight. And all of a sudden, there was this big, loud cry. And sure enough, it was the kid. And as I looked, you know, when he fell down from jumping up and down, he paused for a minute, right? Trying to feel where the pain's coming from. And then started screaming. Pain in the butt, kid. Started screaming. Mom stood up, picked him up. And from that point on, he stayed in his mom's arms. And uh, everything was quiet. That's pretty much the picture of what it really means to pray spirit-filled praying. It begins by coming clean, recognizing that something happened, recognizing our need for something, recognizing the place we were in at the time. In this kid's uh, case, he was trying to feel the pain first. When he started feeling the pain He had to come clean and acknowledge it. And what did he do to acknowledge it? He cried out. He started crying out to his mother. And then he began to just cling on to his mother's arms. That's what it means to pray powerfully. We have to first come clean, then cry out, then cling to. Let's say that again. Cry out. Come clean, rather. Cry out. Cling to. Will you say it with me? Come clean. Cry out. Cling to. And that's what it means to pray in the power of the Spirit. Wait a minute, Pastor. Shouldn't we expect Spirit-filled praying to be characterized by, by clear manifestations of signs and wonders and powers and things like that? God is not short of showing us those things, but listen to me very carefully this morning. Nothing ever happens on the outside without the inside being dealt with by the Spirit first. So we want to see, you know, grand demonstrations of, of, of signs and wonders. It begins on what is going on in the inside of us. Praying is an inside job. The Holy Spirit will not see us, will not allow us to see things on the natural unless the inside of us understood or understands the supernatural power of the Spirit in our hearts. Spirit-filled praying is an inside job. It involves the Holy Spirit's work in the heart of every believer. Now, Spirit-filled praying is characterized by three very important biblical concepts. Coming clean. What does that mean? It means obedience. Power praying begins with obedience to God. That's what it means to come clean. 
We're ready to obey God's Word. But it's also characterized, secondly, by God's transcendence and imminence at the same time. Now, you're going to have to write these two words down because it becomes very critical to our understanding of what it means to pray. To cry out means to recognize that God is both transcendent and imminent. Imminent. Now, explain what those two words mean. And, of course, thirdly, dependence. That's what it means to cling to. We depend on God wholeheartedly. So, come clean, obedience, cry out, transcendence and imminence. Cling to dependence. Let's begin with the first one. Obedience to God. What does it mean to come clean before God? Look at verse 12 to 14 again in our text. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. You underline that word obligation. Christians don't believe that they have an obligation. That obligation is to obey the Lord. Powerful praying begins with coming clean and obeying the words of Christ. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So we communicate with God in praying. And the number one thing we need to understand is that we have an obligation to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's an obligation. We don't like that word, right? I'm being forced to do something. I'm being obligated to do something. Listen, if you're a child of God, this word obligation means you're coming clean because you know what God wants you to do. You know the words of Jesus and you know you have to follow it because that's what the Spirit of God is driving in us. No amount of praying can take the place of the activity of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life. Spirit-filled Christians pray Spirit-filled praying. And spirit-filled praying is predicated or empowered by our obedience to God. That's where real power in praying really begins. It begins by coming clean. Obedience to God is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's when the Spirit of God reveals to us that we need to obey something of God's Word, that we need to abandon certain things in obedience to God, that we need to flee from all kinds of things that are deterring the flow of eternal life, that, that we need, that we have that obligation to follow the dictates, precepts of the Lord's Word in our life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. The first sign that you know that you are being led by the Spirit in life in general and especially in praying is the acknowledgement of our faults, our frailties, our failures built in in our sinful nature. It's basically owning up to the fact that our desire to obey God is not 100%. When you became a Christian, the process of Obeying the Lord begins. And how do you know you're being led by the Spirit? There's that intense desire to follow the leading of God's Word in our lives. It's a telltale sign. The moment we recognize that, oh man, I'm, I'm not 100% obedient to God. That's a good thing. Because now you're recognizing that there's something that needs to happen. A change of direction 
need to take place. You can be a Christian and love the Lord and be bound by disobedience to God. Can you say amen to that? We're not 100%. I mean, did you wake up this morning thinking, mm, I'm 100%. I want to do the will of God today. No. In fact, you wait until the last minute before you get up. That's a fact. Jack. It's true. But we need to come clean. We need to come clean that we are in the flesh. And we need to subdue. We need to walk by the Spirit. We need to fight those things. The Bible says we need to come clean and say to God, God, in my imperfections, you remain perfect. In my faithlessness, you remain faithful. It's literally asking the Spirit to point us in the direction of obedience. Amen? When we pray, much of our praying should be occupied with the fact that we're asking the Spirit of God to give us the direction to obey God. It's going to revolutionize the way we pray when we think that the, the prayers that we utter are not just, you know, to, to satisfy a need, not just to satisfy a want, not just to pacify a God who we still think is, is messing with us. No, when we pray, we're literally saying to God, I want your direction in my life, and I want to go to the direction of obedience. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. When somebody says to you, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means you're following the direction of the Holy Spirit to obey God. Obedience. Coming clean. The desire to obey God is a big piece in the whole issue of Spirit-filled praying. Why? Because obedience to God takes place only, listen, when there's faith, grace, mercy, truth, love, and repentance. Obedience to God, let me say it again, takes place only when there's the presence of faith, grace, mercy, truth, love, and repentance. If they are present in our hearts and our consciousness, that means we're praying properly. That means our prayer is geared towards obedience to the Word of Christ. And these is ex this is exactly what the Holy Spirit does to convict the heart of a person. Notice that the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life is distinct. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian... The activity of the Holy Spirit in our praying is very distinct. It convicts us. It doesn't scare us. It convicts us. It doesn't scare us at all. People who are scared are people who do not believe. But you and I are filled with the Spirit. He doesn't scare us or condemn us. He convicts us. How does He do it? When we respond by faith, He gives us the grace. He gives us the mercy. He gives us truth. He gives us love. And once we have all of these things, it will produce repentance in coming clean. Do you know why sometimes it's difficult for, for people to, to own up and come clean and obey the Lord? It's very simple. There's a crisis in faith. They don't understand the grace of God. 
They don't understand the mercy of God. They don't understand truth. They don't understand the love of God for them. And so it's difficult to repent and obey God. Because these things must be present every time we pray. Because the Spirit of God brings us to a place of obedience. The Bible says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That's what Ephesians tells us. It's the kindness of the Lord that causes us to repent. So if you and I repent on the basis of being scared of something, it's incomplete because the Spirit of God doesn't do that to His children. Our repentance when we transgress is predicated by those things. Faith, grace, mercy, truth, love. And they produce the repentance that we need. You know, it was my mother. I, you know, I always use my mother as an illustration. My mother taught me religion. My mother taught me how to obey. You don't mess with my mom. When my mother says stop, it is in your best interest to stop. That's all there is to that, okay? My mother will never say, will never wait until you experience the pain. When she says stop, you stop. Because she will never wait to say, see, I told you so. My mother never does that. When she says stop, she's not going to wait to say I told you so when something happens, she will administer the pain right there and then. When she says, stop, you learn to pray. I've learned to pray. She taught me obedience because she means business. I was never a religious kid, but disobeying my mother taught me obedience. Obedience gives us the boldness we need to pray and live a life confidently trusting God enough to obey Him. You know, if you don't trust the Lord, you'll never obey His Word. It's as simple as that. If I don't trust God, I will never obey anything He says. Spirit-filled praying does just that. It gives us the confidence, okay? In Ephesians uh, chapter 6, 18 to 20, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whatever I, whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I, will be, that I will be fearless to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as it should. So when we pray, we don't pray out of fear. We pray out of confidence because we know that it's leading us to the place of obedience to the Word of God. Now, there's a second mark of Spirit-filled praying. Uh, and not only do we need to come clean and be in that obedience stage, but we also need to learn how to cry out to God. Praying is crying out to God. Spirit-filled praying is recognizing two things about God, His transcendence and His immanence. Okay? Let's look very briefly at verses 15 to 16. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. sonship. And by Him we cry, 
Abba, Father. Now, I want you to underline that in your Bible or in your notes. That's a critical piece of our praying with power. By Him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. And you may say, yes, of course, I know that already. Every Christian knows that, and they should, and it's nothing new to me, Pastor. But as you see, it's not the fact uh, so much that uh, believing in the Holy Spirit as a helper, that's the problem. When I ask you, do you know that the Holy Spirit is your helper when you pray? 100% of you will say, yes, I know that. But that's not the problem. That's not the issue. The issue is not that the Holy Spirit is our helper. The issue is how does He help us? How does He help us? The question, what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? How does that work? How does this take, take place in a Christian's life? And I guarantee you many Christians have never really thought deeply enough about what it means to be in the presence of God, to have the Holy Spirit in them. The only way we can really understand and answer this question is to recognize two things about God, His transcendence and His immanence. That's in the nature of God. What is transcendence? Transcendence of God means that God is has an otherness to him. He's not like us. Okay? He is not he is above us. That's what it means for God to be transcendent. He is above and beyond not only us but of the entire creation. There's an otherness to God. He's beyond everything. You know there is a heresy in the church that's called uh, pantheism, okay? Pantheism says that God and the universe are one. That the universe is God, and God is the universe, nothing more, nothing less. That's not true. It's a heresy because the Bible says that God is beyond His own creation. He exists beyond everything because He is transcendent. He's outside of everything. He's outside of us. That's why we cry out, not cry in. That's why we don't look to ourselves when we pray. That's why we look out. Because God is transcendent. But here's another character trait of God. Though He is transcendent, He is also imminent. Imminent means He is near. There's the nearness of God. So transcendence is the otherness of God. His imminence is the nearness of God, especially to those who call on His name. So He is both transcendent and imminent. And that's good news for everybody. And let me explain to you biblically how that is so critical. You see, in the Old Testament, God mediated His transcendent nature, okay, through what? Through theophanies, sometimes God appears like a person in the Bible. He does it through Christophanies, the appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament. Why is that necessary? Because God is transcendent. He's out. He needs to be near in some ways to the people. What else? Angelic visitations. You know, read the Old Testament. There's a lot of angels walking around all over the place, right? What else? Prophets. There are prophets in the Bible. What else? Kings, judges, 
And at some point in time, God says, you're going to have to build a temple and my presence will be mediated by priests. That's how transcendent God was in the Old Testament. He is above all and above everything, so he mediates his presence through theophanies, Christophanies, angelic visitation, prophets, judges, kings, and priests. That's the only way people can have a sense of God's presence. They cannot touch him. They cannot reach him. God is a one-sided thing. In fact, if they don't do it right, they get killed instantly. Nobody wants to be in the temple when, God, when the priest goes inside the temple and if he messes up, he's dead. That's how transcendent God was in the Old Testament. Then comes Jesus. The gospel says, in the past, God spoke to us through angelic visitation, prophets, judges, priests, and kings, but now he appears to us as his son. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now God is near. For the first time in the history of creation, God is near the people. The, the apostle says, now we can hear him, feel him, touch him. But he only dwelt among us for a while. 33 and a half years declared that God has now appeared on the earth. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.